Hey, hey! Welcome to episode 86 of the Authors Read Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Ryan. Today's guest is James Gilbert, and he'll read from his book, Tales of Little Egypt. Tales of Little Egypt, the title of my book, is a series of sketches that, taken together, make up a historical novel about a small town in the southern part of Illinois, an area known as Little Egypt. The time period is from the end of the Civil War to the Great Influenza Plague of 1918. I want to read the very first chapter about a young man, Doc Watson, who is a character that appears in all of the sketches throughout the book. The setting is the end of the Civil War in a, in a Civil War hospital. Young David Watson pulled open the limp flap, securing the entrance to the makeshift hospital set on a high ridge near Springfield, Missouri, and ducked inside. The battle at Wilson's Creek had just ended, and teams of nurses were unloading cartloads of wounded Union soldiers. Quickly making a decision between hopeless and hope, they left those with no chance of survival on the hard earth outside. Those with lesser wounds they carried in and laid onto soiled and bloody canvas cots. A chorus of low moans and the smell of death assailed Watson as he entered. He saw the low cloud of smoke that had ascended to the top of the, of the tent from the hot irons used to cauterize bloody injuries and amputations. He, also he always hesitated for a moment, not only to adjust his eyes to the murking atmosphere, but also to swallow back the nausea that rose in him. Over one shoulder he had slung his bag of simple physician's tools, steel pincers and probes to extract the lead shards from soft tissue, and a set of hand saws to remove shattered arms and legs. In his right hand he carried a large bottle of spirits to deaden the pain. Only a doctor's assistant Watson had quickly learned all of the desperate measures to ease the wounded into death or repair bodies for a return engagement with the fates of battle. How many times he couldn't count had he seen the same soldiers return, the fear of death in their eyes again, the familiar plea for hope. As a young boy, he had thrilled to read of Napoleon's great armies, the majesty and symmetry of maneuvers, the heroic deeds of individual soldiers, the dash of cavalry, and tides of battle turned by genius. But this war was nothing like that fiction, and he had relinquished all such illusions. If you want to be a doctor, young man, the head surgeon had instructed him, then you've got to face up to the dying. Be instructed by their pain. Learn the colors of flesh as it rots and know the look of fevers coming on. Inside the tent, Watson received his assignment to attend the bedside of one of the twice-wounded, a boy of about his age, 
who had suffered a severe stomach wound during a minor skirmish with Quantrill's raiders. Apparently he was fully conscious, but very seriously hurt, probably dying and wanting to talk to someone. Leaving his tools behind, Watson approached the cot where he lay, leaned over and touched his face. What's your name, soldier? Albert Campbell, doctor, he mumbled softly. A trickle of blood dribbled from the side of his mouth. I know I'm dying, sir. I know I'm beyond helping. I got the coldness coming on, and they tell me that's the sign. Can't be sure. We have to wait a spell to know. I gotta talk to someone. Just can't depart without saying what I got to say. Watson was sure he knew what was coming. How many times had he held the hand of a dying soldier as he talked about home, his family, and plans for the future, the girl waiting for him? How many times had he made a promise that he couldn't keep to send off a special letter or convey those pleading last words in prison, in person? How many times had he betrayed those last wishes entrusted to him? Promise me, doctor, you'll write to my girl back home? Where do you come from, Albert? Marion, Illinois, just across the river. He paused, and Watson thought he saw a wave of pain pass across his face. Beautiful little town, farms, and my girl. You got to tell her, Delia. He paused and closed his eyes. Got a picture of her in my pocket and a ring. You take them both, only thing I have. He tried to reach into his pocket, but his arm fell limp across the mass of bloody bandages. Watson reached over, unbuttoned his shirt, and pulled out a crumpled picture and a simple brass ring. Tell her I love her. I'm sorry. He coughed violently and spat out a large clot of black blood. Tell her our life. Watson looked carefully at him and saw that the life had passed out of his eyes. He felt for a pulse and found none. Walking back toward the entrance, where there was a set-aside area for doctors and nurses, he informed the person who kept records that Albert Campbell had just died. Then he sat down for a moment on a wooden bench in the corner. He felt an overwhelming sadness and guilt, something he often experienced when he witnessed a death and a passing that he could do nothing to prevent or ease. Opening up the folded daguerreotype, he stared intently at the picture of the girl. Despite the age of the paper, her luminous and silvery face stood out from the dark background. She was wearing a high-necked, ruffled collar, her light-colored hair swept back. Watson thought he had never seen such an image, almost sad and yearning, as if she already knew the fate of her bow. He folded it again and put it in his pocket, and then he thought of the ring, the ring that held the dead soldier's promise. Taking it in his finger, he rubbed it gently. 
Perhaps this time, yes, when this terrible war was over, and when his job of nursing the wounded and dying was accomplished, he would keep this promise. It was only one promise. He could never undo all the destruction and slaughter that he had attended, never cancel all the lies he told to those without hope. But this was what he wanted, to bring some solace to someone, to Elbert's family and his girl. Not that he even knew her last name or where she lived. He had the photo of her face, and he knew enough of Elbert's history and his name. In the small town, he was sure he could find the Campbell family. Better a mission, when this terrible scourge ended, to keep one promise. I'd like to thank James for sharing his book with us today, and thank you for listening to the Authors Read Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the book. If you'd like to support the Authors Read Podcast, please like, subscribe, or share. Until next time!